Sit down, chill, and relax, because you're here with T.C. Mason, tuning in for another episode of Spiked Lemonade. Cheers! It's episode two of the Spiked Lemonade podcast, and you're having a nice, chill glass of lemonade with your girl, T.C. Mason, health and happiness strategist, where we talk about everyday experiences and everyday things spiked with a slice of mental health. So... A recap of last week, we talked about cancel culture and what it is, how it affects us. Should we even be doing the cancel culture, given that we've all done things that we aren't truly proud of, or we all have skeletons in the closet, or we all may have a scarlet letter or two or three or a million. (laughs) We talked about that, right? That's just a recap of last week. But this week, We're going to take it a step further, and we're going to talk about social factors, how they influence cancellation culture. More specifically, we're going to talk about how gender impacts cancellation culture. Are you ready? I hope so. The lemon has been dropped, dropped, so let's get get into into it. Getting right into it, talking about how gender stereotypes actually affect societal norms in cancellation culture or does it that's what we want to know we want to know as far as men and women are concerned who gets the harshest treatment in terms of being canceled is it the man or is it the woman so we're going to present some information and we're going to get it right into it so before we can even talk about that we got to go down memory lane. Let's take a, you know, a step down memory lane. And let's talk about, you know, how women and men were perceived. And if we take it back to b- biblical times, like BC, before Christ, if we take it back during those times, we'll see some things, right? So let's talk about how women were perceived during that time. So Women during that time, they weren't perceived as, uh, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) I would say they were perceived as just taking up space or property because men at that time had all the power. They made all the major decisions. Uh, They were the rulers of their household. They made not only their household, but they also made the major decisions about other people's households as well. So during that time, Unmarried women were not allowed to leave the home of their father without permission. Married women were not allowed to leave the home of their husband without permission. So, look, rather you married, rather you single, you need to get permission. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. Imagine that. So, you know, they were also, they had little to no power, little to no authority. Or the authority that they had was actually over another woman, property, So there was a situation in the Bible, some of you guys may be familiar with Sarah and Abraham, and Sarah had some infertility issues at some point. It was taking her a while to conceive. So she told Abraham, like, hey, you know, you can just have the handmaiden. She'll get you, you know, what you need. Like, so even in that degree, women were still viewed as property, So that's during B.C., that's before Christ. So moving a little bit forward, when we talk about the workplace, let's move and talk about the workplace and how men and women 
are perceived or are treated in the workplace or the view. So men are providers. Uh, they were viewed as being the ones who are supposed to take care of the financial responsibility of the home, make sure everything is straight with the home in terms of financially. The women were seen to be the homemaker, to be submissive, um, and that was that. So their major responsibility was the children, you're cooking, you're making sure that the man who's going outside of the home to provide is taken care of. So then there was a transition where women were actually wanting to do other things or there was this dual thing where women were also working outside of the home as well. And so the way that they were working outside the home, they were like teacher, office administrator, like assisting. Like there was still this mindset that women were inferior to men and that their role was supposed to be your role that you're supposed to be a great mother, you're supposed to be a homemaker, you're supposed to cook and make sure your man is taken care of. That's the overall, just the overall goal. And so some of those things are still, you know, playing out in the world today. Because if you look at the pay scale, you know, the woman gets, what, 79 cents to every dollar that the man makes. So there's still this disparity in pay that kind of represents some of the societal norms that are being perpetuated for over time. So you have that. And then you also have this glass ceiling in that there's only a certain level that the woman can reach. And then there's a glass cliff that once they reach a certain, a higher level, that they're more likely to fall off because they're a woman. So there was a published empirical study. It's called Hard Won and Easily Lost, The Fragile Status of Leaders in Gender Stereotype Incongruent Occupations by Victoria Bresco, Erica Dawson, and Eric Allman. So what did they find? They found that men and women could have the same job, same responsibilities, you know, same everything. When women did not make a mistake, it was fine. Great. They were accorded similar status. However, when police chiefs and male women college presidents made a mistake, they were accorded significantly less status, viewed as less competent than their gender congruent counterparts. So what does that mean? In layman's terms, what that means is as long as you're doing your job and you're doing okay, you're great. Man and woman, you're great. But as soon as you make a mistake, you're not great, especially if you're in a higher role that is more looked at as being a quote-unquote man's job. That's what that means. That means that, hey, you get criticized to the 10,000th <laughs> degree. You don't get the same kind of um, forgiveness. You don't get the same grace because you're not a man. And so it leads us to this conversation about gender stereotypes, how they are descriptive and prescriptive. You know, they represent what men and women should be like and also what people think they are like. So for women, 
you know, women should be nurturing. They should be nice. They should be emotional. Men, on the other hand, should be assertive, should be aggressive. They should be ambitious. And what happens is when women and men defy these gender stereotypes, that's, that's when you get that glass cliff. Like you're not, you're not being the typical take care of your husband. You're not being the typical, oh, you, she's not nice enough, right? So that's, that's what happens, and that stuff is still going on. That study happened in 2010, but there are, like, multiple of studies that say this. Um, when we look at the school situation, so we're just still traveling down our little uh, line. When we look down the school situation, we find that men are more, they're trained to be more aggressive. Men, <laughs> I always say men are so interesting because they can have a spat with one of their male friends and they have it and it's over and done you know they're it's done but women oh my goodness gracious the women the women's <laughs> are more indirectly aggressive meaning that their thing is just really trying to kill your possibility of having a relationship so their uh microaggressions like continue for a while but with men, it's like over and done. A man, a man could call you. They can call each other, have a spat, and be done. Women, it will last for eons, like forever. So, you know, that's the thing. So all of that stuff is going on. And how does that play into cancellation culture? That's the question. Or does it play into cancellation culture? Well, let's talk about some examples. The first example I have is... Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So there was a situation where they both, <laughs> let's just start with Hillary. Hillary, oh, let's see. Hillary, um, there was speculation that she was using her emails or personal emails when she shouldn't and all of that was going on, okay? And then people canceled her out because, all right, that's what she did, right? Also, taking into account how Hillary looks, uh, her demeanor, you know, does she exhibit warmth? Is she kind? Like, what is her perception there? Okay? So notch that. And now let's talk about Donald Trump, who was... Donald Trump pretty much has been a known adulterer. <laughs> Uh, having, you know, relationships with prostitutes. He was caught audio, audio on tape, talking about he's going to grab, just grab women by the pussy, stuff like that. But when it came down to it, who was canceled? Who got the harsher treatment? Who, who, who got the har harsher treatment? So we thought Donald Trump would not even be the president, you know, but when it came down to it, I think that there are little instrumental things that are interwoven in our mindsets that keep us in a state of choosing the same thing. But that's a whole other thing. So moving on, let's talk about Chrisette Michelle and Chris Brown. So Chrisette Michelle, <laughs> bless her. Chrisette Michelle is a known R&B singer, and there was a situation where she decided, contrary to, you know, her friends and 
you know, society telling her, you know, don't do this, she decided to perform at Donald Trump's inauguration uh, event. So she sang. She viewed it as an opportunity to bridge people together. I don't know. I don't get that. But that's what she decided to do. When she did that, when I tell you that she was canceled and people just do not mess with her like that, still, it is 2020. And what we're going on, what, what, this was like four years ago or so, it's 2020, and her concert sales still suck. They are not at the degree that they were prior to this Trump situation that she decided to sing or perform there. They're they're not at that degree. Um, she's also kind of contributed to a little bit of some stuff too. She like posted a picture of somebody else's miscarriage because she had a miscarriage. That little part was weird. So that kind of like added to the fuel the fire that was burning from her decision to uh, sing at the event. But so that was Chrisette Michelle. She hasn't recovered since since that uh, Trump incident. And just a little note, don't mess with him at all. Like, please don't. He, nothing good comes of it. Nothing good. So just a little mental note. So moving on, Chris Brown. Chris Brown, let me tell you. So there was an incident with Chris Brown where pictures surfaced with Rihanna where she had a busted lip, her eye was jacked, everything was jacked. And so people were like, this is crazy. You know, so his album after that didn't do well. He was like shunned upon for a little bit based upon that um, physical abuse. And that happened for a little while, you know, but... There was a moment where he performed. He got an opportunity to perform, and I believe it was a BET special, where he performed Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. I'm starting with the man in the mirror, mirror. Yeah, let me tell you, when he performed that song, I was like, okay, it's Michael Jackson. First of all, everybody loves Michael Jackson for the most part. You know, he's history. So he sings this song. The song is about, you know, confronting the things in your life, et cetera. And then he breaks out into a cry. He's crying on stage. He can't complete the song. <laughs> All of that. As soon as that first teardrop plop, boop, hit that floor, I said, it's done. It's done. Everybody is going to forgive him. You know why? Because there is a gender stereotype that men don't cry. And when they do cry, the strength of it is like, oh my gosh, a man is crying. Oh my goodness gracious, he really means it. So when that happened, I was like, okay. You know, uh, he's gonna be forgiven and that's gonna be that because they've seen a man cry on stage. He was being vulnerable with his emotions, right? So when we look at Chris Brown now, he continues to have a pretty much a great career for the most part. He has regrouped from that decision. It uh, well, let me not say that. I don't know if he's regrouped from that decision because there were still some anger-laden uh, events that occurred after that that shows that he may actually have some type of anger issues uh, that need 
some help. But put stick a pin in that. But what he has regrouped from is that his his ticket sales have regrouped from it. His ability to do um, features on everybody's album, people his concert sales have uh, rocketed. People love him, and it's not the same for Chrisette Michelle. So those are examples of cancellation culture. And even since, you know, I just thought about on the spot, I think my husband actually mentioned this, but even, um, what's the man's name? Even the man, uh, Steve Harvey. Oh my goodness. He had a full-fledged meeting with uh, Donald Trump, captured on film. Full-fledged. He was canceled. Was he? I don't even know. He still has his talk show. You know, there was some verbal lashing, but it wasn't to the degree that, like, uh, Chrisette Chrisette Michelle, it wasn't to the degree of Hillary Clinton. And then there was another uh, comedian. There was a woman comedian who was also canceled for saying something about Donald Trump as well. So her... uh, Shows were canceled. Nobody wanted to be bothered with her. I can't think of her name right now. But yeah, so all of that, I say all of that to say when we are considering canceling people, there are things that we are using to cancel them. Like there are societal norms that are playing um, an effect on how we are choosing to cancel them. We may not be aware of it, but there are some things that we that are playing out that we're basing our decision. You know, men are supposed to be a certain way. Women are supposed to be a certain way. They're supposed to act that way, act this way. So when they don't act in the way that we assign them to act, you know, men can have, you know, a million women. Or it's like a norm where... You know, uh, it's it's like expected. It's expected for men to cheat. So then because it's ex- expected, there's this natural forgiveness that comes with it. With women, there's not an ex- expectation for them to cheat as much. So it's all of that stuff. So let me know what your thoughts are on it because it's loaded. It's so loaded. And there's so much more to discuss in terms of just gender stereotypes and the effect that it's playing in our world and how these societal norms shape our thinking and how it plays out in the world. Do we accept it? Do we reject it? Are we reinforcing these things? Like all of it. So let me know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on Instagram at I'm a beautiful weirdo and just let me know what your thoughts. Get in my DMs. It's all right. It's okay. Get in my DMs. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have another episode talking about cancellation culture. We are peeling the lemon off of this one. We peeling the skin off of it. Peeling the skin off. Next time we're going to talk about are there some situations where people deserve to be canceled? Like, are there some situations where people deserve to be canceled? I will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. The lemon has been dropped. But what are we going to talk about next week? You already know. So let's get it going. And I'll talk to you next time.